0: Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by hotmovies.com. Hotmovies.com is a video on demand website that offers all of the latest and the greatest adult movies from more than 50 years of adult movie making, including films by me. Go to hotmovies.com/bonus and enter the promo code holly h o l l y and you'll get 20 free minutes on hotmovies.com. No purchase is necessary. With special exclusive releases every month, you can always see them first at hotmovies.com. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Woo for Play Lou. Have you heard of Woo? Woo is the best organic, all-natural, and antibacterial lube I have ever used. It's made of virgin coconut oil, vanilla essence, natural stevia, and beeswax and is totally free of chemicals and preservatives. And unlike most lubes, Woo also smells and tastes great, just like cupcake frosting. I am not kidding you. Seriously, I offer it to the actors on my sets and we all love it. Woo is simply the best. Silky smooth, all-natural, and tastes like dessert. What more could you want? If you want to enhance your love life or just want a better lube, buy it for yourself or treat that special someone, go to Woo4Play and enter discount code HOLLY and you'll get 10% off your entire order. That's Woo4Play, W-O-O-F-O-R-P-L-A-Y.com with the code HOLLY for 10% off. Get more play with Woo. Hello, listeners. I have a couple things I want to tell you about. First of all, we are still doing the survey and I would love to have you fill it out. Go to hollyrandallunfiltered.com and put in your information. I want to know more about you guys. Also, if you want to join, those who fill out the survey will be eligible for $300 worth of prizes from Babeland. So why wouldn't you? Secondly, I have a Facebook group, and I would love you to join me there. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash Holly Randall Unfiltered and join the community. And then third, I really want to encourage you guys to go visit my website, hollyrandle.com. I work very, very hard on it. I just relaunched it this year. I'm very proud of it, and it could use a little bit of love. So thank you all so much, and on to the show. Today on the podcast, I have femdom queen, financial dominatrix, Sierra Lynch. This is a fetish that I find to be super interesting and... Um, Very different than a lot of the other fetishes out there that women cater to. So I'm excited to hear from Sierra about how she got into it, what it's like, what exactly does being a financial dominatrix mean. And uh, I think we're all going to get a little educated here today. So without further ado, let's introduce Sierra Lynch. Hey, hey guys, Holly Randall here, and I have a very special guest here today. I have, uh, somebody from my past, sort of. I'm sorry. I'm making it sound like we like have this really connected, probably <laughs> the past, which we don't, no. <laughs> but I used to harass the shit out of her to shoot her a long time ago. So mm-hmm. now it's nice to have her here in the studio in front of me. Uh, Miss Sierra Lynch, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I just wanted to give everybody, like, a little, like, our kind of somewhat backstory. So we used to both be on this really very entertaining but strange forum called Mm. XXX Porn Talk, which I haven't visited in years. I don't know if you ever go back there. No, never. Yeah. So it was kind of where the misfits of the porn industry would go and just basically talk shit about Mm -hmm. porn. And there was a lot of, like, bullshit nonsense on there. But there was also a lot of, like, really funny shit on there. Mm -hmm. There was... Who was that one guy? The Monkey Cage? Mm -hmm. And he would do, like... My favorite thing is he would do... Like a, um uh, what's that show when they judge people who watch, go to, oh, the fashion police. Yeah. Like he would do that to people on the AVN red carpet and toss like massive amounts of shit about like what people wore and what they look like. And we have a lot of, I feel like it's a lot more legit now. Like you look at people on the red carpet now and it's different than how it used to be. Mm-hmm. But like there were quite a few um interesting characters that used to be on the red carpet. And just the things that he would come up with were just like Incredibly mean but so insanely funny. It was so entertaining.
1: Yeah, I remember he'd managed to like prank people pretty well too. Yeah, I think he made some rumor about how some porn star had AIDS and, you know, yeah. infected a bunch of people and like for like a day or something, people were like, what? Oh, God. Yeah, well, people really cling to
0: rumor these days. And this is like before kind of social media came yeah. around. Mm-hmm. Um, so... But uh, you were on there, and you're obviously very good looking, and I used to bug, I used to chase you about <laughs> shooting. I was like, I should shoot you, you're so hot. And I remember you were like, maybe, maybe not, yeah, no. Yeah. And then you are like, nah, I'm not getting naked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sad for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went a different route. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, and you still don't get naked, right? Mm-hmm, no. But you are um, you are a femdom queen, and you do clips. Yes, and so why don't rather than me have everybody tell you what you, <laughs>
1: everyone what you do? Why don't you tell everybody what you do? I feel like you're gonna explain it much better. Yeah, sure. Me. I think the best word to describe me is a humiliatrix. I like that. Yes. So um, I. It's like a dominatrix, but I do everything online. Mm-hmm. I don't have, like, a dungeon. I just right. use my words. Right. So I humiliate guys. Um, and I do that basically with cam shows and videos. And all my videos are uh, POV style, which I, I suppose to your porn friends might <laughs> – or it's a porn one. might mean a little something different. But it's yeah. basically just me and the camera, and I'm talking directly to the camera. And so right. the viewer feels like I'm talking directly to him. Um, and, you know, I, I don't get naked, but I certainly, you know, dress pretty sexy Mm -hmm. and I act very seductively, but Mm -hmm. it's all under the umbrella of female domination. And so it's, I'm always in the dominant position and, uh, I just talk trash to men for a living. That's amazing. Yeah. That is such a, I mean...
0: When people – because I know that like when people ask me what I do for a living, it, depending on who I'm talking to, mm-hmm. I will come up with some kind of like, oh, I'm a photographer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually they don't ask me more than that. But if they do, what do you photograph? Oh, I should photograph people. What kind of – you know, this is if I'm trying to hide it from somebody. I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, I should glamour, like pin up and stuff like that. And then I'll kind of be able to avoid what I actually do. What do you tell people That's what funny. That's
1: really similar to what I do. So I – I don't like to lie, mm-hmm. but sometimes I just don't want to get into it either. You know? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. almost like you want to just avoid the ten thousand questions that right. are going to follow it. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. So I do something very similar. I say like I, I do videography, and then I try and change the subject. <laughs> they ask more, like oh, what do you shoot? So like, <laughs> are you a deep? The worst thing is getting somebody who actually works in that industry because they're oh, like, no. what are you? Are you a DP? Are you a camera <laughs> operator? Are you like right? Yeah, I made the mistake. Like, at least with that, it's, you know, it's a half truth. I've, I've, one time I was like, well, maybe I'll just say something really boring, like Mm -hmm. accounting, and people will be like, oh, okay, next topic. Yeah, that's true. Nobody will ever be like, oh, really? What's that like? (laughs) Yeah. Unless they're in the industry, which happened to me one time. Some guy was asking me all these questions about accounting. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I think you could tell I was obviously lying. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll say I'm a videographer and then I try to change the subject, but if they ask, you know, probably one more question after that, they're going to find out I, I make fetish videos. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like the honest answer I give up front is I make fetish videos.
0: And what do you, what is the reaction that you generally get when you say that?
1: Um, people are usually really intrigued. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to know more. And then when I explain it the way I just explained it, um, people usually think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, they think it's awesome. I think
0: I think first of all, because I'm actually surprised by the fact that like when I tell, if I honestly tell people what I do, I'm like, I shoot porn for a living. I don't, I've like never been attacked like Mm -hmm. in person. And I think it throws people off that we're women. I think Mm -hmm. if we were guys, we would get a different answer.
1: Yeah, I never thought about that, but you're probably right. But yeah,
0: yeah. I think especially for me because my role is something that is generally men, mm-hmm. so people are always surprised. And I think it's it's hard for people to be like, "Oh, well, porn's exploitative, but for women, but you're a woman, so like yeah. how does that work?" And especially for you, you really flip the script. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, you Literally make a living out of exploiting men, but that's what these men want, yeah. so it's it's interesting,
1: yeah. no, it's exactly right. It's kind of i I describe it as like a loophole in mm-hmm. the adult industry, yeah, because I feel like I don't get stigmatized as much as like a stripper or a porn star right because they I don't take off my clothes. Right. I don't meet anyone. And then also, it's all talking shit to men, yeah, so. You know, people think it's kind of cool and feminist, and yes. I get a good reaction from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I would imagine that you do. Yeah.
0: How did you get into that? Like, where, how did that begin?
1: Um, it began when I was uh, seventeen, mm-hmm. um, or of legal age, and um, I was living. Oh, it's okay,
0: <laughs> it's a podcast. We don't have to follow any rules. Right,
1: good, good. <laughs> um, so I was living in Japan as an exchange student as my high school uh, senior year of high school. Oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. So I was there for a year, um, but I didn't know Japanese, and my host families didn't know English, and I went to a school where I was the only exchange student, so I was just really lonely, you know, and I just spent a lot of time on the computer, so I would like, you know, talk to my friends and talk to strangers, and one day this guy had like seen my picture on some social networking site at the time, Mm -hmm. and he thought I was really cute, and so he just started talking to me, and he turned out to be a big pervert, as mm-hmm. you know, strange men on the internet often are. <laughs> yes. And uh, he told me about his fetishes. So he had a fetish for being peed on was his big thing, and then pantyhose. Mm. And I was just really intrigued. Like I, I knew that like people sometimes had weird fetishes, but I'd never talked to anyone that had had a weird fetish. So mm-hmm. it's was, I was like this is interesting. Um, and you know it was online, so it was safe. It wasn't yeah. like some guy on the bus I was talking to. <laughs> um, and so you know, I we'd carry on conversations here and there, and he'd always try to get me to meet him. But I was like, No, I'm not going to meet you. He lived in New York, by the way. When I tell right. the story, a lot of people think it's like some Japanese businessman, but he was an American guy. Um, and so one day he was like, Okay, well I know you're not going to meet me, but you know I really think that your that your piss should be bottled and sold. And I, at the time, I was just like, oh, okay. You know, I was thinking it's like his way of dirty talking me. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right, we'll buy it, you know. Mm-hmm. And he did. Like, we negotiated a price, and I sent him a 12-ounce bottle of urine, and he sent me $250 in the mail. And so that was my big kind of light bulb moment. Wow. Launched everything. Like, there is an industry here. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, this guy found me by accident. What would happen if I went looking for guys like this? Yeah. And so – I did a little research because I was like, all right, I've heard of like selling your used panties, right? Mm -hmm. So it sounds like kind of the same sort of thing. And uh, I did some research and I found a website that was like eBay, like an Mm -hmm. auction site. But it was for girls selling panties, socks, panties, shoes. I use one of those. Yeah. um, ABI bids. Okay, yeah. And
0: I make... So much money, yeah? selling like outfits from shoots. It's crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's a great supplemental income. Like totally. I desperately need it. But, yeah, <laughs> it's really helpful.
1: Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's how I started out. I started making money off of there, and then I would, you know, kind of pay attention to what other girls were doing online, mm-hmm. and from there I found out how to set up phone lines, um, you know, where I would get paid per minute, basically like phone sex. But because I Came in through the industry in kind of this fetish way. The guys that would call me would be, wouldn't be guys that, you know, wanted to talk about, you know, me blowing them or anything. Mm-hmm. It would all be like submissive guys that want to be degraded and humiliated. Right. So I kind of became like a cyber dominatrix from there and learned a lot about, you know, men with unusual fetishes just by talking to them. And from there, did webcam shows and then videos. And that's what I do today. So how long have you been doing it for? Oh, let's see. Um, Fifteen years? Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Long time. And is it's your full-time job, right? Yeah. I never thought I'd be doing it this long. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, surely, you know, it's like a industry that's um, kind of thrives off of, like, you know, youth and beauty and, like, the right. next fresh face. But I feel like in, in this niche, guys really want a girl that knows what she's doing more mm-hmm. than just a new girl, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Though to be fair, like you look very young. Oh, thank you. Like I don't know <laughs> if you feel like you
0: look like older, but you do not. No. No,
1: I, I feel like I look all right. But I but just the fact that I've been doing it this long, yeah, I would have thought like, uh, eh, maybe they're you know, they'll get tired of me, but it's been great.
0: Yeah. Have you had like um customers that have kind of been with you since the beginning?
1: hmm Yeah. Um, I have a couple in mind that yeah, they've been with me like for, you know, over a decade now. Wow, Yeah, pretty wild.
0: And do you feel like, I don't know, I wouldn't say, I don't know if, if closeness is the right word, but do you feel almost like a certain kind of affection for these kind of people? Like, how does that, because I know with like with cam girls, like some girls have like longtime customers, fans that like they actually really end up kind of caring about mm-hmm. and feeling like some like kind of real kinship with. But for you, being a humiliatrix, I'm not sure that the relationship
1: ever enters that space. It can. It depends on the guy, obviously. Like, one of the guys that's been with me for this long, he annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> but, he, <laughs> but he pays really well. So yeah. it's never going to, you know, yeah get anything more than that. But there's some that, like, have opened up to me in ways that, like, yeah, you can't help but kind of feel like it's a more personal relationship. How do you respond
0: to, like, do they tell you, like, what's going on in their life and stuff like that? And then how do you respond to that? Do you actually kind of back out of character and Mm. be like, oh, I'm sorry that that's going on? Or do you continue on with that, like, well, you know, you deserve that, (laughs) that you got fired, you fucking idiot?
1: (laughs) No, that's a good question. So one of my uh, long-term clients, if you will, he goes by C.R. Junkie, um, he... (sighs) This was really tricky for me because, you know, he first started talking to me when, when, you know, I first started. And he would call me and, you know, he was just kind of this loser, like to wear panties, like to be made fun of for Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, And he would just talk in ways that made him sound very pathetic. So I was like, okay, he's, you know, this is like kind of a back and forth. He acts all pathetic and stupid and I make fun of him for it. Um, But then he would, like, in between doing that, he would tell me things about how, you know, his father used to beat him and how he was abused and all this. And, it like, I would just kind of keep going. I'd be like, yeah, you deserve that, blah, yeah. blah, blah, thinking, you know, that's the direction he wants to go. It's right. fine. Um, but after a while, it kind of became clear to me that he was kind of opening up, mm-hmm. although in this weird way. I think it, he was confused himself, too, yeah. you know? yeah. Um and finally it was like I kind of had to break character a little bit and be like you know what like you you were a kid you didn't deserve that you know it yeah. wasn't okay yeah and um and he would, like really appreciated hearing that so that kind of became weird because it would go back and forth between him wanting to like jerk off and then also him kind of treating me almost like a therapist yeah and I'm sure there's tons of girls that could totally pull that off but I'm not one of them so I was yeah. like all right after a while I was like listen. You can either jerk off on the phone with me or we can talk like, you know, friends or like I'm a therapist. But one or the other because both is just really weird for me.
0: Yeah, it's got to be very strange, like switching back and forth between those two
1: kinds of personalities. Totally, especially because he was conflicted about his fetishes and stuff like that, you know. So he chose the kind of therapist-friend relationship. And so that's kind of where we're at. Like, he'll kind of just tell me what's going on in his life and like, you know, he'll tell me like things like, you know, stories of like girls he's dated or like kind of his fetishes and stuff, but it's not actually him, you know, in a fantasy like jerking off.
0: Right. Yeah. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, who is probably, who's like, okay, what's one of the strangest things that you've been asked or the strangest thing that like a guy has wanted to do for you?
1: Um, Let's see. I was gonna say you probably have a fucking Rolodex. I have a lot, yeah. and it is a common question I get asked, and I'm trying to think of a new one. Um, there was this guy, and he had this custom video request that he sent to me and a bunch of other girls that are you know do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny whenever something like that happens, and then you know because a lot of us are friends, we realize like, oh, I got that email too. I
0: got I got one <laughs> of those. There was a circulating one. I've mentioned this before about a guy who wanted to eat my poop. Uh-huh. And he sent me that email, and I was, like, appalled. And mm. then he—I wasn't appalled, but I was like, hey, I actually was like, look, I'm not going to shame you about this, mm. but, like, this is not my thing. And then he, like, offered me more money, and I was like, no, dude. <laughs> and— um I don't know. I just, in a weird way, it made me feel kind of special. Like, oh, wow, I'm so <laughs> special. This guy wants to eat my poop. And then I was talking to my friend, like, Danny Daniels, and she was like, oh, yeah, I got the exact same email. I'm like, oh, that motherfucker. <laughs> I know. I he it, does. It's not just me. I
1: thought I was special. And there
0: was a bunch of other girls that he wrote the exact same email to. I was like, oh, whatever. Anyways, go Yeah, on.
1: they make the rounds. Yeah, so- they should.
0: Because probably most people either don't respond to them or say right. no. It's so they're number. like, it's a numbers game. Yeah. yeah. One person's going
1: to say yes. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so this guy, he, his uh, video request was that one of us buy a live lobster and dress up like as a chef and get like a boiling pot and just before boiling this lobster alive, he wanted us to just humiliate it, just being like, "You're a fucking stupid little lobster, you're a little bitch, and I'm gonna boil you alive, and your flesh is gonna burn." <laughs> oh God,
0: <laughs> like freaking out right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so that's a weird one. Yeah. Did he actually want you to boil it <laughs> mm-hmm. eventually? Yeah. But not before, you know, humiliating it and getting oh. into graphic detail about it's burning flesh. Oh ah,
0: <laughs> I actually love lobster, but the idea of like doing that to lobster to, yeah. I just try not to think about. Makes how, it
1: real. You're like, fuck, that's what I'm eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
0: know, right? Um So, uh, you are doing a documentary Mm -hmm. slash movie called Use Me. Mm -hmm. So, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, it's uh, yeah, just what you described. It's a feature film. Um, It's probably best described as a hybrid documentary. Mm -hmm. So, if you watch it, um, it has a documentary feel to it. And certainly, a lot, if not most of the footage, is like pure documentary um but there's a fictional storyline kind of woven within it okay and it plays on the theme of you know fantasy and reality and you know which is which and blurred lines and all that Mm -hmm. so um it's all done i'm really excited about it Been working on it forever and we uh submitted it to film festivals and we're just playing the waiting game to hear back okay Uh, yeah can you tell us a little bit about what the storyline is um, so the uh, director slash writer is Julian Shaw, mm-hmm. and uh, all this is true. He came to uh, the States to do a documentary about me, and um, basically hmm, – I should have thought about this, what, what I could say at this point. Basically, he, uh, he does a documentary about me, and he gets in a little too deep, and things kind of spiral out of control. Interesting. Yeah. Sounds kind of sexy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an erotic thriller. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, when do you think you'll be releasing it? So hopefully early next year, but definitely sometime next year. It all depends on what film festival accepts us mm-hmm. because they will want to have the premiere. and right. so And the distribution rates, correct? Uh, something like that. I'm not really involved in distribution, but yeah. mostly just the premiere. And then from there, it will be available to Right, yeah. and then what
0: role did you have in it besides obviously being the star of it? Did um, you also have a hand in? I'm assuming producing it as well.
1: Yeah, I'm the executive producer.
0: Oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. How long did it take you to film? Oh, forever.
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those things take like a really long time. I've actually yeah. been toying with the idea of doing a documentary on my mom, but then I'm like, that will take me like fucking ten years. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I have that kind of commitment.
1: It started out slow because Julian was living in Australia, so he would just like come over. Uh, to the States, like a few times a year, and we just kind of shoot things here and there, and we'd mm-hmm. talk about what direction we wanted to go, and he'd show me things he's written. Um, and then it wasn't till like, two, three years later he actually moved to the States. Mm-hmm. And then we launched a Kickstarter and got some funding and then we got an actual film crew and then, you know, things like really snowballed from there and we were able to like finish it. So the first yeah. few years were very kind of slow figuring it all out. Right. But yeah, right. it's been a while. But once
0: you like actually got the funding and got the crew, mm-hmm. then you were able how long yeah. did it take you to shoot it then?
1: Um yeah, I guess it depends on when you'd consider we first started shooting. I would say after we got the film crew it was about like a year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, but much of it had already been filmed. It was a lot of just me and Julian filming each other and that sort of thing. Right.
0: Uh, You also have a podcast. I do. Called Standard Deviation. Yes. You want to tell us about that?
1: Sure. Um, It's a podcast with my friend and roommate, Kevin, and um, I don't want to like – Mislead anyone. It's not like a super sexy podcast like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mostly just uh, me and him just talking about whatever, like politics or current events. Or, um, we try to like touch on just general taboos, like, mm-hmm. you know, drugs and sex and politics and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, one of the main reasons I'm here in LA is cause I was trying to gather some interviews cause it's mostly just me and him at this point. Yeah, yeah, and
0: you are living up in Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. you probably like here. There's probably a wealth of people, yeah, especially if you're talking about taboo issues. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of people out in LA that are kind of. Yeah. Into that whole thing. Yeah. If someone was to go and listen to your podcast, uh, is there a specific episode that you would recommend that you think is like your favorite?
1: Uh, Yeah. So it's pretty new at this point. Um, We just started in May, so there's like only 30-something episodes. Um, I'm excited about the interviews we'll be releasing, but I'm not sure when. But um, at this point, I would recommend – I can't think of the number, but the title is called Bitches Love Nihilism. Okay. (laughs) And that's my favorite one so far. (laughs) Oh, okay. And what's that about? Um, I think it started out, I was telling my roommate about how I was sexually harassed in a flattering way. Hmm. Um, And I was telling him how, you know, I think it's generally good advice that men don't, uh, you know, compliment women in a weird way if they don't know them, you know, Hmm. strangers and stuff. But there is... Uh, a way they can get away with it that can be like flattering. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened. Like it was like I was walking um, to my car. It was like outside a grocery store. It was like open parking lot. And this guy kind of came up to me or no, he saw me. He was walking into the store, but then he saw me and he kind of came up to me, but he kept a good distance and his body language read like, I'm going to say something. And I'm going to walk away. You know, mm-hmm. like not like I don't want anything from you. I just want to mm-hmm. say this. And he said, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what normal is for you, but you look great today. And then that was it. He walked away. And I was like, oh, that's, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, yeah. But I don't think that
0: that's harassment. That's somebody giving you a compliment. Right. right? Well, yeah.
1: Uh, some I guess I would t- argue it is. So that's where the conversation kind of came yeah. up. We started talking about, like, what is harassment? Like, what is what are compliments? What's the line? And then uh, the title came when Kevin was talking about how. He seemed to get more interest uh, from women when he stopped caring as much, and mm-hmm. I was like, of "Yeah." Course, the same way. yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, like, "Yeah, bitches don't... love nihilism." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's
0: interesting in this whole like Me Too movement, outrage culture. You know how, like, what I mean? Can guys just pay you a compliment yeah. anymore and just say something like mm-hmm. nice to you, or is it like totally? Not okay now.
1: I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. And I don't think anyone really knows, even though they kind of pretend to. Yeah. Some got, people will say, like, no, don't even say hello. Like, don't even, you know. Right? So.
0: Yeah. It's though it's, it's strange. Like, as a woman, you know, we're always on guard mm-hmm. um, with men, especially when we're alone. And I actually had an incident in this elevator coming up to this podcast studio um, a couple of weeks ago where – this guy gone in, and um, he was like a maintenance guy, I think. And he like looked at me and was like, "Hey, how you doing?" And like, and I was like, "Oh fuck, this guy's gonna try to like mm-hmm. hit on me or something." It was like my instant reaction was like, mm-hmm. "No, no, no." And he was just like, well, "It's a nice day." Like, and I realized through the um, course of her incredibly short conversation, mm-hmm. you know, thirty seconds or whatever, that literally he was just like saying hello. Because we never say hello to people anymore. We're always in our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, we never, like, look up. We don't talk to people online. Like, we just, we don't communicate with each mm-hmm. other anymore. Um So, the fact that, like, some guy was just trying to have a, like, a little short conversation, like, mm-hmm. connect with a person that he was standing next to, Um and I instantly went on the defense, yeah. and then when he got out of the elevator, I was like, dude, why? Like, why do you instantly... Like, you know, hackles mm-hmm. raised, though, to be fair, like there's been enough cases where the guy has gotten weird or yeah. if I if he senses an opening, then he's like, oh, this girl wants to blow me. Yeah. You know, it, let yeah. me go for it. Yeah,
1: it's a tricky thing because you don't want to come off as like an ice queen bitch. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, every woman's had a situation where she was just being friendly and then, yeah. you know, then it and got the weird.
0: Took it the wrong way. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it's like, what's. What's the answer there? Yeah, I don't know. I think we're all just kind of trying to figure it out now. I, yeah. I wish people would have more, like, honest conversations about it like this because I think people are just so, like, angry and kind yeah. of, like, um, digging their heels into, like, thinking that it's really simple and black and white and it's, it's And it's
0: not. Yeah. It's really not. And it's, like, all of these things that have come up really needed to come up because, I mean, we've all been in situations where, you know, we've been harassed or we mm-hmm. felt like we had to do something or we were going to lose our job or we were going to... Like, we've had to put up with shit that we shouldn't have to put up with. Um, But on the other hand, too, there's also sometimes that, like, shit's kind of just was harmless, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's not that big of a deal. And I just think, I don't know, sometimes things get blown out of proportion.
1: Yeah, and a lot of it's just, like, body language, too. Yeah. it's something Like, that's something guys just don't understand because they haven't lived as a woman. Like, you can be, you know, just like the guy in the elevator. Like, you didn't know that maybe it's, you know maybe an elevator maybe in close space That's is true. kind of a weird mm-hmm. you know time to yeah. strike up a conversation you just yeah. think about it yeah. um but there are stuff like that that can kind of put women on the defense and you know i know so like what's the answer
0: like do we teach g- cuz there's a there's a lot of guys that don't know how to talk to women yeah. and don't read social cues mm-hmm. and don't understand boundaries mm-hmm. um but then you know there's also I've, i mean i know there's been a couple of cases where girls that i know have literally made shit up yeah, like I know that for a fact. Totally, I'm obviously not going to name names or anything like that. <laughs> but um, you know, and you know, these guys get subject to this like complete and total bullshit, mm-hmm. and it's like that didn't happen. Like, yeah, we were there.
1: Yeah, that's really happen. scary now because it seems like you can just make an accusation. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, <laughs>
0: and that's the thing. Like the minute you get accused, it doesn't matter if you did it or not. Yeah. you know, it's you're like already you, tarnished. It's, yeah, you're already tarnished. Mm-hmm. Um. And especially, too, now that we're, like, pulling up shit that people did, like, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, something just came up, actually, I saw this morning on Twitter about, like, some homophobic tweets that um, Sarah Silverman and, like, two other women said. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. To, they said, like, something in passing. Like, I liked this, but then he said I was a fag or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. It's mm-hmm. Like And, like, reading it's a little, like, whoa, dude. Like, yeah. that's that's kind of a lot. But it was... Literally, like, 20 years ago. And it's like, people are right. just scrolling through people's tweets, like, <laughs> looking for something to just fucking kind of try to peg them with.
1: Yeah, and it's unfortunate because they're torching their allies. Yeah. Like, Sarah Silverman isn't your enemy. <laughs>
0: no, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, all that stuff about James Gunn that came up, um, you know, when he, those things that he said same thing like what 15 years ago or something Mm -hmm. like that and he gets like fired from doing Guardians of the Galaxy and like I know James I used to work for him actually Mm -hmm. um and he's a really good dude Mm -hmm. and it was that was like a real shame it's just I don't know it just Mm -hmm. seems to me there's just there's a lot of anger I feel like out there right now and people don't know what to do with it Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's just getting Like shooting off in all directions, Mm -hmm. people are just attacking each other.
1: Yeah, it's like a purity test.
0: Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's almost like it's almost like we're going backwards. Mm -hmm. It's like you know, people make mistakes, but people also grow. And like, do we have to crucify everybody who said something once a long time ago? Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that you know, with social media, you put these things in writing, and then they live forever on the fucking internet, (laughs) and you can't take that shit back. No. I remember my mom, actually, one of the greatest things she ever taught me was to be very careful about what you put in writing. Mm. And the the greatest, the one time that I really learned that lesson was um, I said something on that fucking forum, Mm. XXX Porn Talk, Mm. about um, a company that I worked for who I think stopped using me. And um, I didn't like the work that they were putting out. And I thought that they had, their quality had gone downhill And I might have been drinking back then. And I made a bad decision and I decided to write something about it. And it fucking was all over the internet. It went up on Luke Ford's blog. Mm. I'm sure you remember him. Mm -hmm. And so everybody read it and it got back to that client and they freaked out and they blacklisted me for like eight years. Oh, no. Yeah. And I totally deserved it. Mm -hmm. But that was like, that was that one time when I was like, wow, you really fucking have to be careful about what you say on the internet because like it will come back and haunt you. Mm -hmm. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. And that was back before all this too. Yeah. That was at a time when... That didn't happen as much. No, no.
0: I mean, people could really, you know, if I would put that on Twitter, mm-hmm. then that, you know, yeah. somebody would have found that and brought that back up, but yeah. I didn't. I put it on this, like, forum that I don't even know if it exists anymore. <laughs> um, so that actually brings me back to your blog, mm-hmm. um, which I was kind of skimming over before you, you came over here. And your last entry was a really good good and interesting one and it was about this guy who you know was one of your customers I Mm -hmm. assume and his obsession with an Mm ex-girlfriend and um, that you worked with him like crafting an email to Mm -hmm. send her where he wanted to confess his strange fetishes Mm -hmm. and how he incorporated her into that right Yeah, and then she freaked out Mm -hmm. and um, what I got from that blog was you kind of saying like look, it's not okay for you to unload. Like, it's not necessarily a bad thing for you to have these strange fetishes, but you can't just unload them onto,
1: like, unwitting, like, yeah. unwilling women. Yeah. Yeah, you can't involve someone that didn't agree to be involved. And I I wrote that story because, like, I wanted to point out the fact that like I got wrapped up into it as well. Mm-hmm. Like he had this fantasy. Basically he, he really liked wearing diapers and a little mm-hmm. chastity belt and he was like this little adult baby. And he was a sweetheart. He was, like wouldn't hurt a fly. Um, you know, nice guy he just kind of got wrapped up in his fantasy and like he only had one girlfriend ever in college and she ended up um, after they broke up, she came out as a lesbian. And so that kind of added to his fantasy, like, Oh, you know, the one girl I date turns out to be a lesbian and all that. Did he feel like he was responsible for her? Kind of. Or maybe it was like, you know, just a part of his fantasy. Right. And so he wanted to like, he hadn't talked to her for years and he like had this fantasy of like reaching out to her and uh telling her like what he had become you know after mm-hmm. their breakup um and so i was like all right well you know because he just would talk about obsess over i was like okay well you, you know he found out like her email i was like well just email her and so that's how it started out and he emailed her and said hi and he'd show me the emails and you know she was like excited to hear from him she's like oh how's it going you know mm-hmm. she's an artist like all this stuff and then he, you know, had this idea of, like, the email where he would confess, like, all the things that he's into and blah, blah, blah. And when we'd talk, he would uh, basically write the email and tweak it here and there and blah, 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 and basically just kind of draw out the whole process. Like, the email is fine, you know. And I got to, I was just so frustrated. I was just like, just send it to her already, you know. And so finally he sent it to her. And um, you know, a few days later, she you know wrote an email back, and it was just very sobering. Like she was just like, "What the fuck, dude?" You know, like I was excited to hear from you, and you know, you just kind of used me as a means to an end, and mm-hmm. all this, and like, um, yeah, I felt bad about it. I was like, "Shit," you know? <laughs> like we absolutely just used this girl. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I know, I doubt she's traumatized by it or anything like that. Right. But it it kind of speaks to. um a bigger problem i see where it's, there's some guys that are you know they want to flash women mm-hmm. and especially with like uh submissive guys that i deal with they have this idea that um they are making themselves vulnerable like th- like these women are going to humiliate them and 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 they don't realize that women don't take it like that if some stranger mm-hmm. comes up to them and flashes them they're going to be disgusted they're going to be angry they're going to feel gross you know they're, they're going to feel
0: violated they're going to feel violated yeah,
1: yeah absolutely and i think it's it was it's an important thing to know because i think when people talk about these things they often talk about how it's a power thing mm-hmm. and it, in a way it kind of is but not the way they think mm. you know these the men that do it at least like in the cases of like my types of clients i'm sure guys will do it all sorts of reasons um they think they're giving the women the power you know they think they're being vulnerable right um and it's important to know that because if we're going to change this, like, we got to know why it's happening. Right, right. So, yeah, that entry was just about, you know, if, just, you know, be aware because I, you know, got wrapped into it. I made mistakes. And, you know, don't don't involve other, you know, unsuspecting women into these games. It's not fair to them. Like, even if it's just an email you sent, like, mm-hmm. it's fucked up. Like, you yeah. know, just put yourself in her shoes and, like. Yeah, you know, just imagine. You know, you, you heard from an old time friend, and you get all excited, and then all of a sudden he sends you a perverted email. Like, yeah, that's, that's shitty. Yeah, I would not be into that. Yeah. at all, especially
0: mm-hmm. like when you're really not expecting it. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of where someone like you comes in as um, almost a ther- a therapeutic alternative because you can handle that, right? Like you're can you know you've practiced yeah. this, and um, it doesn't bother you. Mm-hmm. So it's it that's interesting. So it's kind of this idea like don't subject other woman to this weird shit but i can take it
1: yeah yeah it's like you know don't don't go to a massage therapist for you know a hand job like yeah go to the like, jack shack for it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like someone who does that professionally yeah exactly and you know and, and there's ways of going about it because i understand the fetish of like being exposed and mm-hmm. humiliated and there's just other ways you can do it like you know a lot of us girls have you know pretty big twitter following you know mm-hmm. they could post your picture on Twitter or they can show it to other friends in the industry and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like there's other ways to, to scratch that itch.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've heard from girls that have done videos where guys literally like they'll, the guys will pay a bunch of girls to get together mm-hmm. to look at a photo of him or a video yeah. of him and like make fun of him. I mean, there's a whole small penis humiliation videos. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, and those are hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the guys are like totally into it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, um, had a guy tell you why like have you ever wondered what's behind the fetish like Mm -hmm. and have you had people kind of explain it to you and because I'm that's what's curious to me like what happened to you that made you into this kind of thing or did anything happen to you and it's just like
1: there doesn't seem to be like a common thread like mm -hmm. some guys like can pinpoint it they'll be like you know oh you know my Sister used to bully me and make me smell her socks. Yeah, It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. a little obvious. And like some people are just like, I don't know. Um, some people are like, Yeah, I don't know. When I, I just discovered a you know an old femdom magazine you know from the eighties, and it just really intrigued me. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it is kind of an interesting question, but because there doesn't seem to be a common answer, it's just like who knows? Yeah, it's you just know? like human
0: sexuality is so multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I'm very submissive in the bedroom and I totally enjoy like being degraded in the bedroom and that kind of thing. And I've thought about like that for myself. Like, why do I like that? Because I'd never experienced that as a kid. I wasn't emotionally abused or physically abused or anything. I had a great childhood. Mm -hmm. My parents were awesome. I mean, I was bullied in school as a kid um but who wasn't right. you know i mean it, it wasn't like anything crazy hardcore mm-hmm. um so i think uh i think it has to do with you know what i do for a living i mean i you know am my own boss i run my own company i have a lot of people who work under me mm-hmm. um i'm in charge all the time and i think i just enjoy like You know, when I'm involved in like a sexual encounter, I kind of want to flip that switch and be Mm -hmm. and not have to make fucking decisions and not be in charge like for once in my life Mm -hmm. and let somebody else do it. And I don't know. I think maybe also, too, there's also like a part of me that's always strove to like be the best and like I'm super competitive and I want, you know, all this validation Mm -hmm. for all my hard work. So maybe there's something again, the, and, the bedroom, I want the opposite. Someone yeah. told me like a dirty little worthless like, bitch. Like, yeah. like, yes, please. I don't know what it is. It's, it's like, the you know, the human psyche is so strange. Yeah,
1: it sounds to me like it's like a taboo in your life. Yeah. Taboos are always, you know, someone's getting off to some kind of taboo.
0: Yeah, I think, you know what? That's a good point because I think also, too, what plays into that is my mom being such a strong woman and always teaching me to be independent. And I was always taught to never rely on a man Mm -hmm. and always, like, you know, make your own way and be your own woman and Mm -hmm. don't take shit from people. And so, yeah. So, I think, like, that – that I don't know why I never thought about it in that way, but I think you're right. It's, like, it's that taboo of, like Mm – Actually, not actually taking shit from somebody. Totally. And letting somebody talk to me in a way that I would never allow them to speak to me, like outside of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like, if you ever said any, you know, you call me like a worthless little cunt, outside of the bedroom, I punch you in the face. Right. <laughs> but, like, you know, when I'm naked, I'm like, yes, <laughs> tell me that.
1: <laughs> I only like being called names when you're naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what about
0: you? Because you're in a relationship, right?
1: No. No, I'm single.
0: Oh, you are single. Yeah. So, okay. So when you are in a relationship, mm-hmm. um, how are you with that person? Mm-hmm. Are you dominant still? Do no, you still play that role?
1: I, I keep it really separate. And that's one thing I really like about my job is mm-hmm. that it – I don't get off on what I do for a living. So Mm -hmm. it's really easy to compartmentalize it and keep it really separate. That makes sense. Yeah, Same for me, actually.
0: People are always like, don't you get turned on doing what you do? I'm like, nope.
1: Yeah, Absolutely not. Yeah, I think it makes it much better. I I, I mean, I don't know. I've never um, done, like, hardcore porn or anything. But I imagine, like, you just get burnt out. Like, you know, you're getting... Pay, you know, and then you probably don't want to, you know, fuck as much. You
0: know, oh, uh, yeah. And like, yeah. I thought, I don't know why I thought you were like trying to relate to somebody being behind the camera. I don't know why, <laughs> why,
1: why I would assume
0: that. But yeah, I know what you mean about um about being a poor, yeah, I don't know what that's like. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's different for different people. Like I think some of these girls and guys really have like a strong sex drive and mm-hmm. it doesn't, um it doesn't change that but i think i would imagine it pr- it's got to make other people jaded yeah and like kind of less interested in sex
1: yeah especially it's like when you're dependent on that money yeah and like you know you you have to you know basically have to do it so yeah imagine it just tire you out after a while yeah yeah i don't have like a yeah i probably have a pretty average libido but not a huge one so right <laughs> i don't think i could keep up with it yeah
0: how do you come up with all the shit that you say, like, is it just like, is it just like kind of automatic
1: now? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, pretty easy for me now but i just learned from talking to guys on the phone like mm-hmm. that's kind of how i first started and um before like the ability to like kind of live cam came yeah. along or like even just my videos where it's just me like there's no interaction i can bounce off mm-hmm. of um yeah i just learned so much from just talking to guys so that's usually my recommendation if any girl is like wants to do what i do i just, just like start just talking to him on the phone just jump in um it can be kind of intimidating at first but i remember my first phone call i was like really nervous. um, But I just, you know, this guy had a foot fetish and I just talked about him sucking on my toes and he loved it. He was like, you were awesome. And so it was like a really good first call. I was like, all right, I could do this. Yeah, And then, um, yeah, from there, it's like the the fetishes are so odd, um, especially when you're looking at it from the outside in. Um, But the more you talk to guys, you realize there's like a template you know mm-hmm. and you kind of learn about each fetish and kind of what fetishes are connected to it mm-hmm. and you just get to a point where you know a guy can call you and he can just tell you like a couple things and you're like okay i got this and you know yeah. you kind of go off from there so yeah, yeah it's it's all uh improv- impro- improvise at this point <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so i also saw on your blog that you had like a kind of like a rundown for girls if they wanted to get into what you do. Mm -hmm. So could you expand on that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I've done a few blogs. I have one blog that's called uh, 10 Steps to Becoming a Humiliatrix." Yes. Um,
0: I think that might have been the one that I read.
1: Yeah, then I had another blog about financial domination and how to find, like, big – Huge payers, like yeah. you know, um, which that one's a little more disappointing because basically my message is you got to actually do the work, like you have to put out videos and do phone stuff, like mm-hmm. you can't just um, you know, hold up a shingle and then find some big paying guy. They mm-hmm. usually kind of come out of the woodworks because you have all this other material out there. Yeah, and you're staying active. That makes sense. Uh huh. Um. So basically, they find you. You don't find them. Um. But uh. Yeah. Of, let's see. I wrote that a while ago. Um. I think I the, probably the first bit of advice was just to, um, you know, assume that, um, you know, if you do this, that everyone you know is going to find out because they will. <laughs> That's pretty much what I tell people who do porn too. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. it's the internet. Everyone's going to find yeah. out. Yeah. And it's so funny the, the pushback you get from that sometimes. It's like, well, there won't, you know, this is so weird. You know, they won't go here on the internet. And I was like, just somebody take will. It just takes somebody, one will. person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah then, yeah, and they don't even have to know you that well, and then they're gonna be like recognize you, and then they're gonna tell everyone, and yeah, so I think that's a big step, you know you' if you aren't comfortable with your grandma knowing what you do, then you probably shouldn't do it because she'll probably figure out eventually do your does your family know what you do? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're cool with it, yeah, they're really cool about it. Yeah, they're awesome. My dad loves it. He thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, he thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's he just, awesome. He like, brags all his friends. And stuff. <laughs> so that's cool. I feel lucky with that. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I kind of go into just, like, starting phone lines. I really do think that's just, like, the best way to do it, just, mm-hmm. like, talking to these guys. Because the thing about dudes is um, they really love telling women of no consequence what they get off on. Mm -hmm. So it's like, not only are you getting paid to talk to them, but they're giving you gold, like, you know, this information of, like, what they like and stuff. So and then, I don't know, it's not rocket science from there, you know, set up a webcam, set up a, you know, video camera and just uh, try it out and it can be really awkward, I think, at first, but the trick is just to kind of keep going and not yeah. be too much of a perfectionist and just put content out there and you'll get better as long as you keep doing it.
0: Yeah. So that leads me like to specifically asking about financial domination because okay. that, to me, is something that is super, super interesting. Yeah. And that is a fetish that a lot of people didn't even know existed. You mm-hmm. know, like foot fetish everybody knows about, um, balloon popping fetish, you know, some people know about. Uh, pie-in-the-face fetish, which is my personal (laughs) favorite. Not everybody knows about, but that is a thing, people. Um, But just being a financial dominatrix Mm -hmm. is such an interesting thing because you're literally... And I think a lot... and Actually, every financial dominatrix that I know um, doesn't get naked. Mm -hmm. So... um, and I think people hear that and they think, oh, that's so great and so easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just gonna go online and say, give me all your money, and then just guys are gonna be throwing cash at you. But mm-hmm. it can't possibly be that easy.
1: No, I mean like you said, it sounds awesome, so therefore there's gonna be a lot of supply for very little demand. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, oh, there's yeah, yeah. plenty of women that want to make money that way, and there's right. gonna be a few men that, you know, want to give their money in that way. So yeah, I always describe financial domination as basically when a guy Gets off on giving a woman his money, and that's mm-hmm. his fetish. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, it's – I mean, that alone is pretty rare. Normally, it's kind of tied to other fetishes, like being humiliated or something to that effect. Or maybe – sometimes it's like they want to see you on cam, like they want an interaction, and they'll just pay you, like three times your rate or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, other times, a guy will get off on um, – the idea of a woman, like, having access to his bank records or having, like, a credit card. Yeah. Or, like, so, like,
0: they'll actually supply you with sensitive information.
1: Yeah. Well, in theory. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll want you to, like, budget for them or, like, um, you know, they'll, they'll put a, a credit card out, you know, under their name for you or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of that is just kind of fantasy. It's usually if you if you find a guy that's into that. It's like a 10 minute conversation where you just talk about that and then he gets off and, and does that. not actually give <laughs> yeah, you his credit card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I heard
0: that from uh, another girl who was like, Yeah, this the problem with the financial domination thing is a lot of guys like want to hear you talk about that, be like, Give me all your fucking money, mm-hmm. you know, you little piece of shit. And yeah. then they actually won't. Give yeah. you that money yeah. that they want you to talk about giving them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's why you have to have them call your, you know, your phone lines or like make <laughs> sure they prepay for Cam to talk about it because yeah, they'll they'll bullshit you and try to get off for free. I remember one time I had a guy call me and he was just like. Mm, tell me, tell me how much money you made this month. And I was like, uh, I made this month. He's like, Oh, it's so hot. How much, how much do you spend? And I'm like, uh, This much, you know. And like, how much did you make last year? And I'm like, oh, I made this much. He's like, uh. And then he like hangs up. And it was like, um, <laughs> it was, it was like one minute call cost him five bucks. <laughs> so it's like he gets off on the fantasy, but you know, clearly he's not paying me a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the most amount of
0: money somebody sent you?
1: Um, you say? yeah. Uh, so last year there was a guy who I'm not sure what happened. If someone died, he got a bunch of inheritance or what. He'd always been a good payer, but this time he had made the rounds with, I think there were four or five of us girls, mm-hmm. and he spent a shit ton of money. Uh, I think we, Me, in one day, he spent $60,000. Wow. And then he paid other girls even more than that. And I think we all kind of added it up. It came to like a quarter million he spent on us in like just a couple weeks.
0: Wow. Like, no, did he actually send you money or did he buy you stuff?
1: No, he sent us money. In in my case, I was um, just hanging out with friends. I was going out to brunch. And then I was just talking to him like on WhatsApp or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was just texting him, sending him pictures here and there. And that was about it. And then he Mm -hmm. was just like. Dumping money into my account. Wow. So yeah, that was wild. That was pretty cool. Um, but you know that <laughs> that doesn't always happen. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's I happened before, yeah, that would never happen before. Yeah, I would imagine it's probably pretty up and down. You mm-hmm.
0: probably have some months where like you get somebody who pays you a lot, and then you've yeah. other months which are not as.
1: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and these guys, it's like when stuff like that happens, they just vanish. Yes. They've, they'll come back, but, like, you know, you got to get it while it's hot is the trick. You know, if yeah. you see him, it's like drop everything and, you know, tend yeah. to this guy because otherwise he's going to disappear for a while. Have you ever had a situation where you had somebody who was paying you a lot of money and then something like their wife found out or something like that? Not that I know of. I've had a lot. Of, <laughs> I've had guys... Um, well, I've had quote-unquote wives message me and say mm-hmm. things like, I caught my husband uh, watching your videos. How should I punish him? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, gee, I wonder who that came from. <laughs> so as far as I know, I haven't talked to any actual wives. Okay, cool. Yeah. I have, there's a couple that buys videos from me. It's, it's, um, so it's a guy and girl and the girlfriend is the one that emails me. I've never talked to the guy and she orders these custom videos and it's, it's his fetish, but like she orders the videos and then they watch them together, which I think is kind of sweet. That is cool. Yeah.
0: I was going to ask you if you had any female customers ever, if it was just men.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty much just men. She's the only one, the closest I have to a female customer. But even that's, you know, if it weren't for him, she wouldn't be buying the videos. They're pretty crazy videos too. The guy has a, basically it's some variation of me pretending to be his sister making fun of the fact that he has to get a circumcision and that he won't be able to like masturbate for six weeks and it's going to be so painful. (laughs) It's pretty dark and it's just like, I just think his girlfriend is like girlfriend of the year that she's just like, yeah, cool. Let's watch it together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Now, you've been a financial
0: dominatrix for a while. Mm-hmm. And have you seen like a lot of girls jump on that bandwagon?
1: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. When I first started, I feel like there was like five girls doing this. And now it's like thousands, thousands. And it's just like you said. I mean, it looks really easy from the yeah. outside. It's like, oh, I just have to... Flip a guy off and tell him to give me money. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> but there's an art to it. Yeah, I think so. Oh, well, I mean, there's just you know, there's time and work you have to put into it. You know, how many clips do you usually um, do a week? Uh, I do three new videos a week. Okay. Yeah, and I have about seventeen hundred at this point. Jesus. Yeah,
0: quite a bit. Do you ever feel like you were shit, like you run out of things to say?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I I. Um, I get a lot of customs, which is really nice. Yeah, because um, people tell you specifically what they want. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, when I don't, when I run out of customs, it is kind of a drag to like, fuck. What should I do now? I mean it is a lot of it is kind of repetitive. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like it's super fresh and original every time I Yeah, it's impossible I, yeah, to do Yeah, it's that. usually just kind of a spin on, you know, things I've done before. Yeah, cuz
0: you're always going to have like new people coming in and then like, you know, people who are seeing your new stuff haven't necessarily seen the older stuff. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's impossible to always be the same. Totally, I've definitely gotten feedback sometimes. On we did a survey for this podcast, and a couple people were like, "Sometimes Holly tells the same story." I'm (laughs) like, "I only got so many stories, people, (laughs) and not everybody listens to every single episode." So I'm sorry. I
1: feel like that's true for every podcast host like, I, I listen I to a lot him. of podcasts it's like we have a mutual friend chris ryan and like yes. his podcast is great super Pop- popular yeah he tells the same stories all the time of like,
0: course <laughs> of course because then also two people come drop in and out a podcast like yeah. i you know like i listen to joe rogan he's like mm-hmm. the undisputed king of podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff's fucking great but i do not listen to all i get bored yeah i totally get bored of like one pod. like i was obsessed with um how stuff works, mm, yeah. and then I got bored, mm-hmm. and I stopped listening, and then I loved lore, and then I got bored, yeah. and I stopped listening. So you know, I yeah, just, I'm the
1: same way. I'll usually binge on one, and then kind and of switch to like, another. Me
0: over it. Mm-hmm. What are some other good ones? I need a good I think, new podcast. think um,
1: uh, Kevin Smith's podcast is really good. Okay. Yeah, Smodcast. I like Smodcast? That. Smodcast. It's with his um, producer, Scott Mosher. So okay. Smodcast. What is it about? Um, It's just the two of them, like, shooting the shit. And, yeah. like, Kevin Smith is just hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. it's. I mean, it, I feel like the podcasting platform is just built for comedians. You know? It is. It is.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely listen to, like, a lot of them. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I am not that funny. I'm like, <laughs> I've, I have I've literally. To myself, I'm like, is there somewhere I can go where I can like take classes on how to be funnier? Is that possible? Yeah, maybe.
1: I mean, sh- well, I mean, I think there's like stand up comedian classes. I don't want to be a stand up comedian,
0: <laughs> I just need to like be more interesting hmm. on the microphone.
1: <laughs> Ernie's
0: laughing, he's <laughs> like, What? <Okay.
1: laughs> well, how many episodes have you done?
0: How many episodes have we done? Like 70, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, So it's pretty new. It is pretty new. Nice. I feel like I'm I'm learning. And I feel like I'm getting better. Yeah. Right, Ernie? I'm better. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, you're not. You suck. <laughs> I definitely listen. I, I actually, I, I'll be honest. I don't listen to a lot of my podcasts over again because I just... I'm, just, I bore myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't want to listen to myself. Oh yeah.
1: I never listen to mine either. It's my, my so co-host, hard. he was like, he'll listen to him like three times and he's really critical about it. And, and that's probably good. He's probably like learning and getting better. And I'm just like, I don't want to hear my voice. <laughs> I, I,
0: yeah. I definitely do that. I, if I do listen to it, I think to myself, fuck, you say like a lot. Yes. You say, you know, a yeah. lot. You say, uh, a lot. Sometimes there's these awkward pauses where clearly I'm looking for, the right word. Like sometimes words just escape me. And I like, I was on this track and I had this big verbose adjective I was going to use and then it's gone. And then I'm like, fuck, I was going to say something. I was going to sound so smart. And it's just out the fucking window. And my brain just <laughs> shut down. Ugh. It's hard. I'm
1: sure Like the more you do it, the better you get. That's that's my hope. Yeah. Are you loving doing a podcast? Yeah, I really like it. I, it's funny you mentioned the ums and uhs and the fillers. Yeah. I was just listening to or uh, had to re-listen to one of the podcasts we did recently. And yeah, it was cringing. I was cringing because I, I say kinda a lot and I feel like that devalues what I'm saying. It's kind of like like this. It's like, no, it's like this. It is like this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like this. I hear
0: what you're saying. Yeah, I do the same thing. I mean, you know, with the, you know, you know, see, (laughs) fuck. You know what? We just need to put an electric shock collar on me. And then every time I say that, you just zap me.
1: Get a dominatrix to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Ah,
0: Stand in the corner. That would actually be a great episode if I interviewed a dominatrix. And then every time I said like, or, you know, she just zapped me. That would be amazing. Sorry, mistress. Sorry, mistress. I'm a terrible speaker. <laughs> so um, any big dreams and aspirations for the future? Are you going to just mm-hmm. keep doing what you're doing? or Yeah,
1: just keep doing what I'm doing. I have a pretty good life. Um, I like my job a lot. And for whatever reason, it still pays really well. So that's nice. <laughs> and I like to travel. I've been, especially the last few years, I've been... Traveling, like backpacking at least like three months out of the year. Oh,
0: that's amazing. Do yeah. you go by
1: yourself? Mm-hmm. That's – you know, there, there's something to be said about traveling by yourself. I love it.
0: You get to do whatever you want.
1: Mm-hmm. You don't have
0: to go by somebody else's schedule.
1: Mm-hmm. And you meet new people that way. Yeah. You know, if you go with just your friends, you're probably just going to hang out with your friends. Yeah. Unless, you know, one of them – some people are just so outgoing that yeah. you end up meeting new people because yeah. of them. but. Otherwise, you know, you would probably just hang out with your little posse. So that's what I like about it. It kind of forces me to, because I'm kind of introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, it forces me to talk to new people and make new friends. And
0: Do you ever, like, join one of those, like, tour groups or anything like that?
1: No, I usually stay at hostels, which okay. I feel like. well, It's a good place to meet people. Yeah, really good place to meet people. And a lot of them are really nice, and, and they'll have activities you can do mm-hmm. and, you know, access to, like, that I've sort never, of thing. I've never stayed in a hostel.
0: Yeah, I've always had this idea that they're like the idea of shared bathrooms makes me cringe. <laughs> I'm such a snob.
1: No, I get it, uh, and I think they used to be really shitty. I think, yeah. you know that what people think of hostels that used to be true. Yeah, uh, but not so much anymore. I mean, they there's a little app called Hostel World, and they're all up there, and they have to compete with each other, and so that's a lot true. of them are really good. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the internet
0: has really like created this 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 level playing field mm-hmm. where you have so many options now mm-hmm. you got to really up your game kind of like for you yes have you felt like the internet's kind of been a blessing and a curse in in that way where it's allowed you to obviously be able to do your job and sell your stuff but then also it's given the same platform to like 10,000 other girls to do the same thing
1: um well, i think it's mostly been a blessing i think it's great um it's awesome that the internet has transformed The adult (laughs) industry—you might you might have different opinions about this, but like you don't need you don't need a middleman, you know. Yes. Um, So it's there's you know that's how a lot of girls do get exploited. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you can just have a laptop and a webcam, you know you have you can be in business. So I think that's awesome, and I think it's pretty cool that you know any girl can do it more or less. It is tricky because the market's really saturated, but I've just been lucky having starting what I did and having the luxury of time to like build my name. Um, I don't feel like I mean I make more money now than I did when I was twenty. So um, yeah, it's. Just been awesome. So it's, I, I would hate to have to start now. That's yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's very competitive out
0: there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy about how the internet has put more power into the hands of like the performers. I think mm-hmm. that that's really important. And like you said, it's cut out the middleman. Um, so I really like to see that because I like to see like women being self empowered and being their own entrepreneur. And for me, it's, it's definitely made, I don't know, at the beginning, it was great for us. And then it kind of like, made things harder because mm-hmm. everything's free mm-hmm. um, but you know I just hustle on 10,000 different levels and and make it work
1: have you thought about doing what you do but also with like my sort of spin because like the girls you shoot like you shoot them like like they're stunning, they're like mm-hmm. goddesses, and that kind of okay. ties into what I do because I tell people that I'm this like unattainable goddess. Uh-huh. So have you thought about like shooting girls and just like the way you do and like the beautiful sets and they look so glamorous, but then having them like say shitty things to men? Are you are you suggesting a business opportunity <laughs> here, Mrs. Lynch? I don't know. I think it'd be a good little spin. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How
0: would I sell that? Like I would sell the fetish clip, but aren't fans like Specific to certain girls, like, isn't that what they're after? Yeah, Don't
1: they get attached to certain girls. It's true, but you know, if you get a girl that's good at it, might be something to it. Yeah, you could sell the little, you know, five, 10 minute videos on on I Want Clips or something like that. And mm. because you have the ultra glam look, which is yeah. really cool. Like, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, you're yeah. really selling that fantasy. If you combine it with that, I think that you'd have a good edge because you know. Most of us girls, it's like, you know, shooting out of our apartment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, it works, but, you yeah, know, if, that's you can, true. if you have your sets, and you got to step up. Hmm.
0: This is actually something I'm seriously going to consider because yeah. that's not a bad idea. I used to shoot a lot of fetish, um, and then it just kind of like when the fetish magazines died, because a lot of my income came from magazines, I just kind of stopped. but I, But I miss it. I mm-hmm. miss like that you know putting a girl in latex and like that whole I actually just did a whole latex shoot uh earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um but uh and having like those extravagant sets and all of that that's that yeah. is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I I might give that a shot. Yeah. Yeah turn out Not a bad idea. <laughs> hmm. Maybe I will shoot you someday. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years later. Yes. I'm finally getting <laughs> you in front of my camera. Full circle. I know, right? <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. It was really really great to see you and uh, this is super interesting. Yeah, thanks for having me. This of was course. Fun. Um can you tell everybody where they can find you? Plug all your
1: things. Sure. Uh, you can find my website. It's crlynch.com. That's spelled C-E-A-R-A-L-Y-N-C-H. And you can check out my podcast. It's called Standard Deviation. And, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you could probably just search it and find it. Yeah. And then on social media, where do they find you? I am Ciara underscore Lynch. And that's the main one. And then Ciara Lynch on Instagram. Yeah, that's all my name. Okay, so Sierra underscore Lynch for Twitter. Yeah. And my, then Sierra Lynch,
0: just Sierra Lynch on Instagram. Yeah,
1: my Twitter got suspended, so I had to start anew with an underscore on Twitter. But Why did other, you Twitter gets suspended? Don't, don't they, know. like... They won't tell me. I uh, no, they never tell
0: <laughs> yeah. you. And then, you don't even get naked. No. What the Doesn't hell? Doesn't make
1: any sense. I think it was a, a glitch, like, kind of a buggy thing um, mm. that happened, but... Oh, well. Oh, well. anew. It's probably Start. for the best. Yeah. I probably shouldn't have opened a new one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you guys know where you can find me, at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash unfiltered um, where I will definitely take all your money. Yes. <laughs> and give it all to me, you worthless motherfucker. No, I'm just kidding. I love you all. Just kidding. though, <laughs> no, you guys are awesome. Okay. Bye. See you next week. Bye, guys. Well, if you've listened all the way up to this point, I'm going to assume you're probably a fan of the podcast, or at least of this episode. So what I would appreciate more than anything is if you would rate and review my podcast, please give me five stars. I would so appreciate it. And also, tell your friends about it. Um, word of mouth is a really powerful tool in getting podcasts up there in the charts. And if you want to financially support this podcast, which I would appreciate even more, um, you can go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall unfiltered. I have all kinds of cool tiers. You can watch these interviews live. You can watch the full length podcast interviews, which I now. Only make available on my Patreon. You can get free mugs and shirts, join my private Snapchat, get signed prints from the girls. There's a lot of cool stuff that I give away. So thank you all so much for your support, and we will see you next week.